10 seconds. All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back with another episode of the Thrive Amtap. Today we got Dan. I don't know if a lot of you guys have met Dan, but he's our third instructor here. We're back after a little bit of a hiatus. Today's going to be a 30-minute AMTAP. As much talking as possible in 30 minutes. We'll see if we stick with that. He's got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, after this little break, Derek, anything you got to say? I am nervous. I'm nervous. It's been a while. I'm not really too sure. I'm excited that Dan's here. I just realized that we didn't title the podcast yet. So, I, you know... Talk about stress management, things that we've experienced, things that we're working on, and it's just it's a it's a pretty heavy topic, and there's a lot of different tangents to go off of on. So you know, thirty minutes hopefully is enough. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Hey, initial to be thoughts. Here. Initial thoughts. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to be here. First time on a podcast. Can't say I've ever had the pleasure. So wow. definitely, here we go. Yeah, we get to podcast virginity. <laughs> here we go. All right, cool. So. What I kind of wanted to do was uh, let Dan introduce himself, kind of talk about what he's doing, what he's all about, because I don't know if a lot of you guys have met him yet, because you're usually here Monday mornings and then Saturdays, but uh, give him a couple minutes to kind of talk about you know, his experience within fitness and how he got to this point, and then you know, go from there. I don't know if there's anything you want me to ask you, but... So, no, I, I think my background in fitness... First, like all of us, I, it, it was a very personal pursuit for me. Um, you know, I played sports growing up. I kind of liked the idea of being. Would you like football? It, uh, no, I played volleyball and I swam. Oh wow! Football. Okay. So I'm from Puerto you Rico. Swam? Yeah, yeah. There's no football in Puerto Rico. Like no, you okay. might see football in a commercial. That's it. That's <laughs> oh, I forgot you're from Puerto Rico. Actually. Yeah. So the, you know, so I, volleyball is a really. By popular the way, guys, Dan is from Puerto Rico. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, volleyball is a really popular sport. Like I'd say, soccer. That, yes, depending on the school. Like I went to one school that had soccer, but soccer is not as popular as now it is more so. But when I was growing up, soccer was more of a. Um, I want to say like high class sport, like few select private schools yeah. offered soccer. Oh wow! It wasn't a it like every anywhere else you go in the world, soccer is readily available. It's the popular meaning. It's of the people. Mm -hmm. It's not a rich people sport in Puerto Rico. It's the other way around. Soccer is more of a high class private school kind of sport. You get the basketball, you get the baseball, and volleyball. Baseball I'd say. Yep. Game, yeah. And then I'd say volleyball is probably the the sport. As you know, like a like a football in Texas, like volleyball is pretty serious in Puerto Rico. Wow. Um, so I played a little bit of volleyball and I swam. Those were my two sports. I think that fitness, you know, back then it was very aesthetic driven. Like, oh, I want to have an eight pack, you know, kind of thing, which I did in high school. Um, then I went into college and then I got fat. Freshman 15 was more like freshman 40, you know, living the college lifestyle. And at some point there, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I decided to join the military, and then fitness became a priority, and finding out how do I get in the best shape that I can to do this job. So from there, it was just became, you know, reading, it, it just an obsession of sorts for me. And then that translated into, you know what, I got in this really good shape, I want to help, you know, the other people get in really good shape. and keep reading and keep exploring, you know, and did that in the military, helping, you know, the units that I led get in shape. 
and other people that wanted to achieve certain results, like maxing out their PT tests and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I can help you do it this. And then obviously back then it was more of, you know, I only had the hammer and I was just like, God, you got to do all this work, you know, but that transcended into coaching. Now, you know, being outside the military and jumping into a coaching career. Um, at first I thought I would only do this as a hobby. And then I realized that I am much happier doing this day in and day out than I am, you know, pursuing some other corporate career or whatever. So here I, I am. ain't for the money. I ain't for the money. Yep. That, definitely not for the money. And, <laughs> uh, the other day I was actually telling my girlfriend, I, I was talking, I was like, I think I work longer hours now as a coach than I did even compared to my military work, which wow. was long. I mean, like, you know, in a command position, I was sleeping an average of four hours a night. But I'm like, I think it's it, comparatively, it probably like I work the same amount of hours, but I'm I'm much happier, much healthier. Like it just, you know, it, it's not a thing to me to do that and work seven days a week now that I'm doing this all the time. So, yeah, fitness definitely is is a passion for my for my quality of life, but also passing that on to other people. Right. Definitely something that I'm very, very passionate about. Right. It's funny how it's really not a choice, you know, when you find it. It's just like you you, you have to do it, whatever it costs. Yes. I, I actually had a, I had a crossroads like three years ago, so I, and um, I started coaching about five years ago, um, and then Two years in, I had a crossroads where I was like, you know what? I, I was really unhappy with a corporate job that I had my first job out of the military. And it was, I'm like, I need to do something. Because it was, I mean, it's literally like the depression feeling where you're waking up and you're like, oh my God, I got to do this job. And I was like, I can't live like that. I can't do that for 20, 30 years. And it had it had to it had to change. And I was like, you know what? I, got, I had an opportunity to jump into coaching full time and managing a gym. And I was like, <clears throat> I'll take it. Way less money, but I had to do it, you know? And then that's led to here, where it's like, exactly, it's not a choice. Yeah. It's either that or you're a little bit unhappy, and even though you may have what you need, but you don't really have what you need. Right. I have one more tangent, and then we'll really dive into this whole stress management thing. You swam? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I swam. But did like we were competitive? Yeah. And what were your events? I was a hundred meter freestyler. Okay. And then I was a breaststroker. That was probably my my primary. Okay. How fast was the hundred meter free? Man, I can't tell you. That was so long ago. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how long, how fast that was. And if you put me in the pool now, I mean, the technique might look pretty, but I might sink. <laughs> definitely that capacity has since then vanished you know yeah but yeah it, it, that's something my dad talked me into it i really wanted to play basketball and he just he told me like if you swim you'll be a better basketball player he was correct he yeah. told me a bunch of stuff that i was like you don't know anything <laughs> and then i'm like no he was right <laughs> yeah you know playing different sports opened up yeah that capability but yeah any stuff you're doing your free time now that you like to um free time now aside from studying strength and conditioning huh? uh jujitsu is definitely something that i that i'm pursuing i've been pursuing for a, a couple of years now i'm, I'm about eh, about four years and some uh, about to hit five years this year will be five 
into, the, really into the journey. Let you go <laughs> this year will be five into the journey of you know pursuing jujitsu. That's something that I that I'm definitely really into, and it's more of you create this base of fitness, and then it's a place where you can showcase it and use it and expand on it. You know, jujitsu is one of the coolest <laughs> things I've started doing, and like. Uh, Rolling against Dan sometimes is cool, but like I said, he's really good. But like you know, um, it's just fat having something outside of working out that like does it for me, that like helps me kind of just like keep pushing myself. It's cool when you can express the level of fitness that you have in some way, but um, yeah. So yeah, I know what you're gonna say? Well, but. so <clears throat> changing gears a little bit and transitioning over to the stress management thing. I don't know if everyone knows that's listening to this that the inception of Thrive really was born out of better controlling stress. So I've been instructing fitness on and off uh, for about 15 years. And when Brandon and I got together and really started having these conversations, it's probably just about three years ago now when we really started having these conversations about what we wanted to do, there was a, a very strong element of how fitness will curb stress and then the other aspects of wellness and how it contributes to management of stress and just producing a better overall quality of life so with creating thrive that it was supposed to really be and it is this safe place for people and meeting them exactly where they're at and not over stressing them with these concepts of fitness and wellness that are for other people or for mainstream or what you think that you're supposed to do instead it's supposed to be individualized and trying to figure out oh okay well maybe you are only sleeping four hours four hours a night per you know four hours of sleep per night but if we can kind of meet you where you're at and kind of talk about how do we figure out how to get you to four hours and 15 minutes as opposed to, well, you should be sleeping seven to eight hours a night. Everybody knows that. Well, yeah, sure, but that's not my life. That's not what I do. We're talking about your nutrition and being like, well, I eat fast food, it's, you know, five days a week. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe not even don't eat fast food five days per week, but what are your choices while you're eating that fast food? And working with people, not just in terms of fitness, but the whole package that's what Thrive was really born out of, and that's the direction that we continue to head in. And Brandon and I have continued to challenge each other to get closer to that and what the vision of that is. And with Dan joining up with us, it's just really at another perspective, a very passionate perspective of how to deliver that, and it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, and I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, stress management that we're talking about, it stems from, well, it's they both stem from each other, but like the changes we've made recently about, you know, talking about sustainability a little bit more, kind of not doing so much of the, the high intensity interval training and kind of taking a step back into more controlled, uh, sustainable efforts for a long period of time and making sure that we as individuals are getting, you know, what's best for us and not what looks best for us. You know, like, I think the biggest thing is that a lot of places are doing hit right now and that's the biggest thing and you know it does you can get results from it for a period extended period of time because of our ability to adapt as humans and you know looking at it in the short term versus the long term the sustainability aspect and what we're switching to and kind of progressing 
as we are is really, really important. And it's a big reason why we're doing this because we want you guys to understand that this isn't just to change it up. Like this is something that we're trying to do to make your lives better and give you more value in the gym and make sure that we're making your lives outside the gym better because it's something that we've all gone through and that, you know, we all have aspects of our fitness and our life that we've taken to a degree that probably we shouldn't have, or, you know, and I say shouldn't have, but like we learned from it and that's why we're able to give you this uh, information here to make sure that you guys are understanding a little bit better. Um, and one of the things that making this change to the sustainability conditioning or whatever you want to call it is going to do for you guys is, you know, if, if you watch that video I put up on YouTube, it gives a really in-depth conversation to like start that off. But the one thing I want you guys to understand is that this is for longevity. This is for the rest of your life. Like this is the kind of stuff that we should be doing to make sure that, you know, our strength training is benefited, our recovery is benefited, our appetite, <clears throat> our sleep, all this stuff that we're talking about, that stress management, you know, is like effects that create stress, finding ways to make those more efficient and better suited for you. And this is the way to do it. And this is the way that we're going to help you guys do it and get better at and, you know, take you along this progression to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. I think, you know, when talking like stress and stuff like that and, and optimizing results when it comes to fitness and, and this sort of thing, you'll, you will find, and, I, and I, would, I would take this bet, the easiest part, as hard as it is, the easiest part of, you know, getting healthy and getting in shape, the easiest part is getting in the gym. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a big step. That's a big leap. But that is the easiest part that you will do. What is really challenging is getting people to optimize their sleep, control what they're doing with their day and how they're spending their time so that they're not in this <coughs> heightened state, you know, this really fight or flight state all the time. And then getting your nutrition in, the proper nutrition, so that then you can come to the gym and do some good work and get really good results over a long term. That is the challenge here. So if you were to come to me and I, I would always, you know, and, and you come here to thrive and probably the first questions we're going to ask you are going to be lifestyle. They're not even going to be related to anything physical. And you might be, you might be like, oh, what's that got to do with anything? That has everything to do with it. You come, let's say, I'll use myself as an example. You know, back I was talking about the, the times when I was sleeping four hours a night on average because of the, the requirements of my job. And honestly, I just hadn't, I didn't have my priorities in, in, in order. And being a coach now, this is the beauty Halfway of it, there. that you have somebody who already did, made all the mistakes. You have three guys that made all the mistakes and now we can sit, turn it around and be like, hey, this is what we're, don't do that because that's not going to lead anywhere good. So back then, my average sleep time was four hours. Okay, I would get up in the morning, have a meeting with my team, and then it was, you know, we'd go PT, physical training. So that was a workout. Work till, the, till at night, and then I would go and bang it out at the CrossFit gym. Now, think about that. I gained 15 pounds over that time. Gained. I just said that I was doing two workouts a day gained 15 pounds okay you think that they'd be like oh he's working out all the time you should be lean and mean 
No, <clears throat> gained 15 pounds, okay? My nutrition has been fairly good for a long period of time. That was all due to overstress. No sleep, a crap ton of high-intensity working out, and then that just yielded very poor results. Whereas if I would have focused, be like, you know what? Let me do less workouts. Let me drop the intensity of the workouts here because I know my day is crazy. And let me try to squeeze instead of four hours. Let me get to six hours of sleep. I would guarantee I would have yielded better results. You know, and that's when it what it comes down to when we're talking about the stress management part. What can you do to optimize everything you do outside the gym so that when you come in the gym, you can get the results that you are looking for without having to blast yourself with super crazy workouts because you might want to do the super high intensity workout but your lifestyle does not support it doesn't provide you with the ability to train that way and recover <coughs> from that okay because you're not adapting if you're not recovering that's that's the bottom line yeah that's o- big yeah, go ahead uh, oftentimes i was just going to say that oftentimes less is more and Dan, you'd said something the other day, and I'm not going to remember it perfectly, but had something to do with optimal training. And so it was it, there's a difference between maximal training and optimal training and being underneath. Yep. So, we, you know, you have minimum effective doses of training, which is where you want to be. And then you have maximal effective dose. So if you were to come in and I could say, you know what, we can get you really good results. You can get in really good shape with two training sessions just to throw a number out there this is this is uh subjective i think it's good because a lot of people might only work out two or three days a week oh yeah if you if you come in you can get really uh, yes you can get really good results on two training sessions a week and then the rest of the week you're just going on walks and really watching what you eat and hiking and all this other stuff you'll get optimal results but the thing you know so i've established we, we establish your minimum effective dose be two so if you go to one training session a week you might not get what you're looking for, but two will do it. There's no reason that I should hit you with five. Oh, we can get the results you're looking for with two, but you should be in here five. There's no reason. You know what I mean? Because now we're getting into that point where you're not adapting. Now, you let's say you could squeeze in three, but anything over that would kill you. So that's your maximal effective dose. That We definitely don't want to go... Can I just real quick? So like, and I, I love this. I think this is great. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of, a lot of information out of this. But so in that point of switching from three to four or even to five, it's someone who is there and, you know, training here or somewhere else. And they're like, yeah, I really, I want to work out five days per week. And we, we hook them up here and we're like two days a week. What are they going to notice by going to four or five days per week? Think short term, medium term, long term. Um. Well, if you... If you start, let's say you're coming off the couch, you haven't done any working out, but you're like, I need to get in here six days a week because I'm trying to drop this weight for this wedding or whatever. Ladies hate to pick on you, but you know, that's usually what, what you hear. Or I need the, you know, gentlemen, I need to fit in this tuxedo for this event that I'm going to, whatever it is, or beach, beach trip. season. Yep, beach season is coming. <laughs> so this is perfect because now it's time to <laughs> shed the winter weight and, you know, break out the summer bodies. But Yes. So if you were coming off the couch and you're going to jump into this and we say, hey, like two or you're going to get a really good stimulus, what you find if you start, no, I'm going to start with five and you start hitting it hard, you know, and I'm doing air quotes here, hitting it hard because I'd rather see you hit it smart. But 
you start hitting it hard, you know, then we start getting into this negative, like you're not recovering from your sessions. And then we get into this point of, of diminishing returns where the first thing you'll notice is you'll probably start sleeping like crap. Your, your sleep quality will go down. Now you know you're flirting with overtraining. You might get sick, you know, catch a cold, you get the sniffles, that kind of thing. And that, that telltale signs that you are exceeding your current capacity. Make sense? What about chronic injury? Ooh, it, that's an interesting one. You, you can get into like some overuse stuff. You know, stuff starts feeling wrong. If you just spiked your volume right off the bat, you're like, oh, my knees are, are cranky. You know, my hips, my elbows, my shoulders, whatever. If you did a volume spike like that where you weren't <laughs> doing anything and then you just jump the five sessions a week or six or seven or whatever it is. Even three might do that to you. You know what I mean? It just depends where, where your base is at. Another one, talking about the lifestyle component. If you're not supporting your activity with that proper base of nutrition, you see, and that proper sleep and all these other things and controlling your day, you're going to feel that as well. Extra. Extra. <laughs> Makes sense. Like the tendonitis type thing starts coming in because now you're exceeding the capacity that you have. It doesn't mean that you will never do five sessions a week if you feel like that'll make you happy. Like, oh, if I'm in the gym five days a week, I'm going to be super happy. It just means that you got to. People also get confused it. at what like a, a session might look like too. Like five days in the gym might look like three days of lifting and two days of like the stuff that we're doing, like this aerobic sustainability, or it might just look like, you know, a recovery day like mobility um some people i feel like and it's tough because I, like one of the things that i've tried to deal with the most and like doing a lot of this stuff is not giving the people the ability to push themselves like that because if you give people the ability to go past what they should be doing they they'll 100 they'll do it you know they'll they'll push themselves past whatever unless you're there to be like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. like this is not what we're supposed to do but you know five days a week if someone really wants five days a week, then it can be done, you know, but it's not going to look like five heavy days of lifting. Mm -hmm. it'll, you know, it'll look like two to three days of lifting, a day of aerobic sustainability, a day of mobility, and then, I don't know, something outside of there. But, you know, like Dan's saying, like two solid days of a program and like following it to the T, but also implementing that stuff outside of there is where most people should be because nobody... Most people, I don't know how many people you've worked with in your life. I mean, I've worked with a small amount, but like both of you guys have probably been doing this a little bit longer. And most of those people don't, don't literally don't do anything outside of it to help themselves. They'll come in and they're like almost, it's almost like a bragging right that they're working out on three hours of sleep or four hours of sleep and not eating right. And they're Wait. still, you know, and like short term, it's like, yeah, that's funny. That's cool. Blah. But like, you know, long term when everything's bothering you and you still can't work out and you still can't lift and you're not seeing results and you're gaining weight, it's like, this stuff is, you know, it's important. It's really, really important. You ever heard of anybody who goes on vacation and loses weight? Yeah. yeah. Eating straight up, you know, whatever you eat on vacation, and you come back lighter? Right. That Release is of stress. stress. <laughs> that is stress. You de-stress your body, you let it go. I mean, cortisol spikes cause from stress. So let's say you come in and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna train for a marathon, which is the biggest volume spike ever that people, you know, can do, anybody can do. And I'm like, okay, look, what does your day look like? Oh, well, I wake up at 5 a.m., I get in, you know, run and put my work clothes on, like 
all, you know, as soon as I wake up, I'm running. I get in the car, commute an hour in traffic, honking, yelling at people, all this stuff, hanging out the window, flipping the bird at people. And then I get in the office and I'm stressed running around all day, work eight hours, boom, leave that, get back into another hour of traffic. Kids are calling, whatever. And then I'm going to go run 10 miles as hard as I can. And I'm going to do that five days a week. You th- do you think you're going to get results from that? The for, answer for is, a little bit, for a little bit. But you then, might, you, yeah. You'll adapt. You might lose some weight and stuff, but eventually your adaptation curve is going to turn into inhibition where you're just basically inhibiting yourself from progressing. It's like okay? the things that you were talking about with what you're going to experience, poor sleep quality, your immune system's going to be suffering, maybe you're getting sick more often. You'll experience some weight gain or water retention where you look a little puffy and um, the chronic injury thing. Yep. You know, you, you got tendonitis in your knees, things are falling apart. I want to change gears real quick, if that's okay with you guys, about the nasal breathing. I know that I personally have been diving into this a lot more. It's been a conversation between the three of us and we, you know, Dan, you've really brought this home hard for us with encouraging people to do this. And I just did my first workout yesterday of, Finally, exclusive nasal breathing, which was nuts. It was really hard. But um, just open up the floor to that and what you guys think. And, you know, Brent, you've been doing a little bit of that too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just the big thing with this, like the nasal breathing, um, it's just keeping you in a state of recovery. You know, it's not about, because like when you start getting into the heavy mouth breaths, it's not even a, like, you know, I know there's more to it, but like keeping yourself in that state doing the aerobic capacity is what's important because it's about sustainability and when you start getting into the you know like um yeah i've seen it before and i you mentioned it the other day and i something about it i don't know but like you could literally make yourself stressed by breathing heavy and like Mm. just sitting here by yourself you could get yourself to just start stressing and sweating by just starting to like short choppy breaths you know (laughs) and like and you could do that if you wanted to but like and you, you obviously don't want to but like the goal there is to utilize something that we do all the time. And like people, I was talking to um, my sister and my girlfriend last or a couple nights ago about breathing. And my sister's like, Oh, it's this thing that I like the most basic thing. And I can't even do that. Right. And I was like, it's not about, you know, like it's just about understanding that that it is a tool and it's something you, you do. And it's like basic, but like understanding that it is important to learn and understand how much it affects everything else. You know, because like, and Dan was someone who kind of did bring it to our attention. And, uh, you know, with the nasal breathing, like I said, it puts your body in a position where it's like, all right, um, I can do this. Like, it's sustainable. You're in a recovery setting. And that's a lot of what, you know, ties into the changes we're making in the conditioning and the aerobic stuff. And, you know, I think this is something like, I don't think people get this to peek behind the curtain of coaches whereas like when when you're not coaching this is something that that we're all doing where you're like reading and researching you know the job really never stops because you want to stay on the cutting edge mm-hmm. and i and i dare say that should apply to every field where you're in that constant state of learning but well, if you like the field exactly if you like if you care about what you do you're going to always remain in a constant state of learning so this is something that that I've been learning about, and there's plenty of people out there, you know, big names like Cal Dietz and all these other, the power speed endurance guys, that they are talking about this thing of, of nasal breathing. 
And when you face the fact that you don't breathe out your nose or in and out your nose most of the time during the day because you're stressed, then you start like, holy crap. I mean, it's the most basic thing, the most basic function, but I'm not doing it well. So the idea is this, you know, you have two parts of your nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Okay. The sympathetic is your fight or flight. And then your parasympathetic is your rest, relax, recover, digest. That's where you want to be when you're relaxed. Now, this is a, a sign of being in sympathetic. Most of the times is that you're breathing in and out your nose. Okay. That is what happens when you're stressed. So let's say you're out on a walk on the hike in the beautiful Adirondacks. Bear comes out and starts chasing you and you're taking off. You're gonna be breathing in and out your nose because that's your body it going into emergency mode and opening. Through your mouth. So, sorry, I said nose. I, through your mouth. So it, your body just <gasps> wants that big hit of oxygen so that you can take off like a bat out of hell. Now, when you're sitting at home and you're really relaxed and you have this nice dinner that you really wanted and you're watching this movie that you want One to minute. watch and you're relaxing, you will probably, you should be breathing through your nose, okay? And that means that you are recovering, you're digesting, you're in your parasympathetic state. You want to spend the majority of your time in a parasympathetic state. You really want to develop depth in that state so that you can work out, recover well, sleep well, digest your food well, and start bringing down the stress response in your body, okay? Now, what Brandon, like we, we've started exploring now is actually doing work or doing your conditioning work in that state where you're sourcing breath from your nose as you're doing work. And then you're trying to increase little by little, very progressively, very measured in a very measured manner, the amount of work that you can do well done. while in that state where you can still breathe in and out your nose. Yeah, and like, I, I was, I've thought about this for a while because it was one of the things that bothered me about um, a lot of people that would work out is that none of them had an off switch. Like, none of them, they're all really, and like I said, it's almost like a badge of honor about not having an off switch and like about just pushing yourself and pushing yourself and pushing yourself and pushing yourself. But like, um, with a lot of, you know, having that off switch and learning that off switch, like I really would love to see someone, their day of like, I don't know if there's a way to test it, probably something we can't do, but like how much of a percentage are actually in the parasympathetic state because oh, that'd be cool. like people think I left the gym, I'm recovering. Mm -hmm. And in reality, they're not, they're recovering for however long they're sleeping and like maybe another hour or two, give or take outside of that. And set up, you know, like w when you when you leave your workout, there should be a point where you're relaxing and kind of getting out of that state of high intensity and that fight or flight. But most people get into their high intensity workout. It takes 20, 30 minutes. They're all hyped up. They get in their car. They drive home. Like Dan was saying, they're all just like tense and they get home. rush. Yeah, and they Thinking get home. that they're relaxed, but you're really just high. Well, they think because they leave the gym, they're like, all right, I'm not working out, so I'm recovering. I'm recovering. I'm recovering. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like, I'm not working out. But like, <laughs> once, if you don't, and like, I oh, oh, I think like six or eight months ago, I was trying to push this on people. It was like, after a workout, 
like take five minutes and just sit there and breathe and just try to put yourself in a position where you're actually recovering. And like I did it and like it was helping me. And like I've taken a little bit of a step back in the intensity of a lot of workouts, so I haven't done as much. But like even in general, I've focused on the breathing a lot more. But like especially after something that's intense for you and specifically for each person, take five minutes and just breathe and just try to relax yourself and lower your heart rate and just sit, put yourself in that recovery state or else it's not going to happen because you're not going to do it outside of here. And like there's everything in your way outside of here that's going to cause you to get stressed. Work, kids, uh, you know, you stub your toe when you walk out of the gym or, you know, like your car door, you know, like these little things are going to cause you to be stressed. And if you don't put yourself, at least actively put yourself in a position with like relaxing and meditation is a huge part of this to kind of start that, you know, that's something that I've utilized a lot. But if you don't actively try to seek out recovery, it's not just going to happen. There's too many things out there nowadays that are just going to get in our way and put us in a position where we're just stressed. Yeah. So I, I think also a, a, a good test of this, let's say you do something really high intensity. I don't know, you 100 meter sprint. We'll take that. And you're, you finish and you're, you're breathing it crazy in and out your mouth. The quicker you can force yourself to start breathing out in through your nose, the quicker you'll recover from it. I mean, I, you can take one person and tell them, hey, I want you to recover your, your rest. Just do it breathing through your mouth and then you go through your nose and you'll find the person that gets that nasal breath back, their heart rate will drop quicker and they'll be recovered quicker from it than the person that does it through their mouth. That is, I mean, the podcast you showed us, Caldez was talking about. There's a bacteria in your nose that actually yes, like promotes it. recovery as you breathe in through your nose that you don't get from your mouth. Yep. And like, people talk about how they wake up in the morning with a dry mouth, and you're not like you're. You could breathe out and wake up, and there's still moisture from your mouth. It's just because you keep breathing in through your mouth. And you're losing out on the bacteria in your nose that actually like helps you sleep better. Recovery, and that, yeah. that yeah, that, he talks about a lot with like the breathing and, through your nose. And even to uh, you know another practical example of this, uh, you, the sympathetic being in a sympathetic state, it'll move you. You'll get a boost from it, but it won't sustain you long term. Meaning you might get a, a sudden rush of energy, but eventually it turns against you it's like to be in that state yeah it's like the devil's juice yeah it's coffee. like you have one cup of coffee you're good you can kick butt you have five cups of coffee now you're gonna it's it's not that good yeah. you know so the whole thing with it is that your parasympathetic system is what's gonna sustain you long term if you're sympathetic all the time it starts turning against you all you know my another example jujitsu if i get into that position where I'm I'm breathing out of my mouth and I'm trying to like and, and, and kind of hyping myself up into the into the match, I'll wear out quicker than if I'm relaxed and breathing through my nose and working and there then I can go for forever. Does that make sense? I it, I think Well I, I that's cool because like if you ever watch you know the biggest thing is like if you ever watch someone who's good at something that they do and that's why this aerobic thing is really important because being able to stay relaxed in whatever you do is what slows down the game, quote unquote. When, you know, when you're making something aerobic, that's what slows it down because you don't have to worry about anything else. You're able to just kind of put your energy into what it is that you have to focus on and not worry. If you watch, you know, at jujitsu, we have some really good guys there. And like, if you watch, for example, Ed, who you guys will be hearing from soon, uh, 
is a black belt and when you watch him roll <clears throat> versus watching like a new person roll you can see the tenseness like you can see their tense nature and what they're doing as opposed to someone who's experienced you're just relaxed they're just kind of feeling it out it's, it's like a chess game they're just waiting for you to do something and then they attack it's bouts of energy not this whole entire tense motion that you're doing and it's the same thing everyday life you know like the people who are good at what they do they're relaxed they're confident they're able to just be in a recovery state whereas if you're not you're tense you're like what's going to happen next i don't know what's going to happen that also comes from being prepared for a lot of the situations but you know the way you can prepare yourself is to learn to breathe properly and, le and let's say you know when we enter a long-term model which is what we're moving to now if if you i don't know let's say you start with your hit or whatever it is and you get really good adaptations that first year that novice window when you're in that novice window you could literally come in here and look at the weights. Just look at them, pick them up, smell them, and you're going to get adaptation out of that. That is the benefit of being in the novice window. You could do whatever, and you will get some adaptation. Now, once you get out of that, now things get a little bit more complicated because you. And it, that doesn't mean that you have to do anything crazy. That you know, it's a complex, not complicated thing. But once you let's say you drop some weight doing hit and not really paying attention to, to your quality of life how you're sleeping how you're eating you start dropping some weight eventually the tides turn and then you're, you're what you hear is oh damn i'm working out six days a week and i'm not dropping any weight i gained five pounds that that's telltale sign right there you hear that i do six days a week i go hard in the paint and i gain five pounds i'm gaining weight i feel fluffy like blah 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 and that's where it is. Usually it's that. The first thing, how many times are you working out a week? Six. What are you doing to work out? Oh, I do these hit style workouts for two hours every day. And that, and there it is. How much are you sleeping? Oh, like five hours. And that's where you see, hey, that's stress. Because again, working out is a stressor that you're meant to adapt from. But it's in the right doses when put into context with every other stressor you have in your life. Yep. This is a really, really important thing that Dan's bringing up. And again, I'm going to bring you guys back to what we've been talking about since the beginning. And that's those signs that when you are overstressed, you're going to get poor sleep quality. You're going to have decreased immune functioning. Your immune system won't be as strong. So you're getting sick a little bit more often. We're going to have the chronic injury. And you will see that weight gain or that fluffiness that you're like, oh, I am, I'm crushing it in the gym. What do you say crushing it in the paint? Hard in the paint. <laughs> Working hard in the paint. And it's like you think that you're doing everything that you can do and more when actually you just need to be doing less. That weight gain is actually because you've overstressed your body. One of the things that I've been chatting with people recently, because nasal breathing is hard. It is a skill. And it's something that when we don't focus on, it's really hard to do. While working out, man, it might not be the place for it. So take two minutes before you go to sleep at night and just start practicing breathing in through your nose and out through your nose for the for just two minutes while you're laying there just sitting in bed thinking about whatever it is that you're thinking about just in through your nose out through your nose focus on that two minutes and i think it'll set you on the right path yeah i think you know and and taking stock of your day-to-day -to -day too like having you know self-awareness is always key when you say you want to get to get healthy and do all this and all that be honest with yourself. You know, if you know you're not sleeping the amount that you need to sleep, because it's not what you do, it's what you recover from, okay? So now you know, you know, you got to take a point away from yourself. 
and be like, okay, I'm not, for whatever reason, you know, I have two jobs. I, my job is really crazy right now and I, I, I'm putting hard hours in here. Take a point away from yourself and be like, okay, I know I can't go too hard because I'm not, you know, this stressor is here and I won't be able to recover from. My boyfriend just broke up with me. Boom, take another point away from yourself. Now, everything that I'm telling you here, does it, it's not against physical activity. It means that your physical activity has to match your current situation, meaning, A, my boyfriend broke up with me, I'm working 18 hours a day, I'm sleeping five hours a day, um, whatever else may be, the dog died. I'm in a position where my physical activity, because we still want to be physically active, looks more like a long walk, you know, down by the river over there in Troy and taking in nature versus clanging and banging at the gym, mm -hmm. you know? And then once you, like, hey, I slept really well, okay, boom, that's a point for you. And then, you know, my relationships are great. I'm not commuting two hours every day, you know, or I am commuting, but it's a super relaxing commute because I'm in there spraying lavender oil at myself and listening to this badass podcast, man, I say. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in there doing that and it's a relaxing commute, then boom, give yourself a point. Hey, I can go in the gym today and I can clang and bang for sure, you know, and then I know that tomorrow I'm going to take it easy and it's going to be a walk and I'm going to recover and I'm going to really focus on my nasal breathing and I can do more work that way. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to figure out. So if you ever need help, you know, just... Uh, There's a place that you can go for that. Yeah, we'll figure it out for you so you don't have to worry about any of it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, this is this is really important stuff, guys. That's, you know, it's... We wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't. But also, you know, with these changes, we, all, we want you to know that this is what it's for. Like, it's for a reason. It's for a bigger picture. It's for... And I know I've had a couple people come up to me and let me know that they are enjoying it and that they have lost some weight too that yeah, uh, you crazy. know um, a few late. people have lost like five pounds already because of the the you know the slight changes in stress and like you know it's 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 what we need to do it's where we need to be living as general population and like there's really no other reason to be pushing ourselves more when we have stress outside of it but you know at the same time if like dan said if you're coming to a point where stuff starts to slow down and you want to start to push yourself then like, yeah, we'll be more than happy to help you with that. But we also have to make sure that you're getting what's best for you because if we listened to what you guys wanted and wanted to do all the time, then, you know, that you wouldn't really have a need for us, you know. But there's a reason why we suggest things and we go through things ourselves. And this, this is why. So we can find the, the ins and outs of it and the good and bad and give it to you guys so you don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, anything last things, last second things? <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why we took an extra 20 minutes here. Yeah. It was a 30-minute AMTAT. We're 12. We're 12 minutes over. Oh, it's only 12? All right. I thought for sure it was at least 15. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's it, really. I mean, pay attention to your bodies and understand that less is oftentimes more. And who doesn't want to do less and get better results? Yep. Sign me up. Yeah. Quantity. Science. Never Nasdaq. wins. Quality over quantity every time. Okay. Smarter, not harder. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Uh, maybe next week. Maybe we can keep this a every Thursday thing. Uh, we're going to try to dive a little bit more into some of this stuff and break it down. I'm going to have a video coming out. I'm going to try to do it today, too, of uh, Map 10. Break that down a little bit and give you guys a breakdown of what that is and uh, how we get there. So if you guys have any questions, please reach out to us. If not, please enjoy the podcast, and we will see you soon. Thanks, Thanks for guys. coming, Dan. It's no nice problem. to have you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Peace. Bye, guys.